0: Oh, red hair and a hand-me-down robe. Must be a Weasley. Potter. This is Bestsellers. <laughs> I'm Maddie.
1: <laughs> mm. Shelton. I'm Tyler. And Eddie Potter. Oh, you married a fictional character and I married a man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to Bestsellers. I think I already said that. Um, this is a podcast where we read books on the bestseller list and butcher them.
1: While imbibing um, content that is legal.
0: Why are you saying it's so weird?
1: <laughs> is it because you're having weed? I have a little bit of weed in my drink, so it's different this week. It's an um, honor of Tom, though. It's an honor of Tom because he is a pothead. Or was. Um, oh, is he sober? It's like kind of unclear, but... We'll we'll get to that. We're, we're
0: also ahead. having a sparkling rosé. I don't remember what it's called. It is outside of the closet, so we cannot confirm its contents. But it's weed... We decided it fits the theme because it's <laughs>
1: because it bubbles magical, yeah, bubbling like a potion. A sparkling rose is magic, yeah. So, welcome to the pod. Welcome to the pod, Tyler. Maddie, your
0: favorite question of mine I hate it. that I change every week. <laughs> what would no. this chapter of your memoir be called this week? Oh my god, this week's chapter of your memoir. Um, it would be called if you're naming it like Tom Felton, it'd be <laughs> named like
1: a you know, like a British chapter book, like yeah, yeah. yeah a week in the life or oh fine (laughs) okay um my michael's bill was too high or the winter i turned crafty oh i love that (laughs) that's my title well okay should we dive in to yeah the book and the basics this week we read
0: beyond the wand there was a uh, subtitle. subtitle. <laughs> so I didn't I, write it for down. For some reason, didn't write it down. In my, it's like adventures Oops. in the in growing up wizard or something like that. <laughs> my childhood as a
1: boy wizard.
0: I can't believe I was like gotta prepare. I did in. not write down the subtitle.
1: I didn't Write it down, right? No, I didn't. No, nope. and I
0: don't have my phone, so I can't look it up.
1: <laughs> Do you want me to look it up? I'm sure. Maybe I, for accuracy, it's not
0: hard to find Tom Felton's. He's only got one so far. He's only got one so far. There's only so many. I, I would say. But just to be good host, He's he's the first uh, memoir to come out of the Harry Potter family, isn't he?
1: I did look this up um, because it's one of my later questions. I do believe he's the first one that has, at least of like the main core group, that has a memoir. But there are biographies of some of the other yeah. characters not written by them. That yeah, makes sense. Do you want to guess the subtitle of the book? no (laughs) (laughs) okay it's beyond the wand the magic and mayhem of growing up a wizard i was close that's you were close (laughs) it was close uh so that is the book
0: and it's i mean it is what you think it is it is a memoir of tom felton's young life starting from Growing up with three brothers in Surrey, and I don't know where Surrey is. Don't ask me. So <laughs> I assume near London, London yeah, because we're in the UK. Well, the
1: UK isn't that big, right? <laughs> I've, I've been once or twice. You have I studied there, and, and I, I haven't. Know. So, you don't
0: know where Surrey is. You no. have been there. And you no, don't have I,
1: Surrey. I have no idea. Where okay. it is.
0: Apparently, you can take the train to London from there.
1: I did not spend a, time, a lot of time in London. That was my bad. Isn't when that
0: where there. Harry Potter lives in the book? Surrey? That's where the Dursleys lives, I believe. It's I like number a- four Privet Drive, Little Winging
1: Surrey, or something like that. Winging, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one thing I know about me is I'm not a Potterhead, so this book was a fun time. That is I mean,
0: that is one of my discussion questions later on, but I'm kind of shocked to hear that. I'm
1: shocked to hear that about myself. Yeah. I did read the books as a kid. Like, they Uh were some of the first books that I read. Yeah. uh, I think in elementary school when I was like just learning to read. And I read them all the way up until the premiere of the seventh book. And like, I was one of the people that like stood in line at midnight, got the seventh book, went home and like read it all the way through. But all of that said, like, I read every one of those books one time.
0: Okay. So you never
1: never read them. I never like got into like that fandom to that hardcore level. That's so fascinating. I
0: was, and like, you know, it's. I'm not one of those people who is, like, very, very, very into it to this day. Um, I I love, it, like, what it was for me. Um, I hate J.K. Rowling. Um, Sorry, do you I mean Joe? Joe? Yeah, Joe, as <laughs> Tom would say. Um, I should mention also, in case you, like Tyler, are not a Potter head, Tom
1: Felton played Malfoy. Drago. Well, I guess that wouldn't mean anything if you're not a... Uh, Sweet. Apart. yeah draco how much, malfoy how much like context should we give i feel like you should know something about harry potter at this point you,
0: in 2022 yeah if you don't why where have you been <laughs> malfoy is the mean boy of the wizarding world he's a rich he's got a mean mean daddy who has worked for voldemort who's the mean 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 man in the books and he kind of bullies harry potter he's in the meanie house of i'm trying to Explain it it's, in the stupidest way. <laughs> if you are, sure, have your head in the sand. There are and, good guys and bad guys, and he is yeah. on bad guy team. Yeah. There's like run by snakes. Small time good guys and bad guys, like nice kids and bad kids at the school. Although someone argues, Slytherin does not mean you're bad. It means you're ruthlessly ambitious. <sighs> um, and, and Harry Potter could have been a Slytherin, but he didn't want to be, and that's really important. <laughs> really outing myself. um <laughs> So yeah, yeah and then there's the, the big scale No, I'm just talking about Harry Potter I now. Know. And there's no memoir of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is a memoir of Harry Potter. <laughs> well, you Harry just Potter have a is lot of a details. fictional character. It's because I've read the books and I was really into Harry how Potter. How many times did you read
1: the books? Here's my
0: question. I mean I've, I've, I don't know if I've read the later ones as many times. I've definitely read the Early ones multiple times, and I listened to the audiobooks. Um, and did you read
1: any of, like, the ancillary content? Like, the spinoffs and the... I did
0: read um, when we were kids, like, when they, you know, the new books were still coming out. Um, just for, for context, in case you're wondering, we're both 29, like, we were growing <laughs> up as they were coming out, like... By the time we started reading, there were probably, like, three books already out. Yeah. I remember when the fourth one was released. I think we were in, like, second grade. But, no, they, they, she did, like, like, little books for, like, that they would sell at the Scholastic Books Fair. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you ever were aware. That. So, there was Fantastic Beasts somewhere to Find Them, yeah. which is now a movie, but it was just, like, a fake textbook. I have that one. You have the same? Okay, I so you're, you're, like, you're familiar. And then there was the Quidditch one.
1: Yeah, I don't think I have that one. Well, maybe. I had one that came in like a three pack and they had like mm-hmm. fake notes from him on the inside. Yeah, it was, was from it Ron because that... Ron borrowed the book. Yeah, And yeah, I yeah. love that because Ron was my favorite
0: character. And I that's both wanted awesome. to be him and snog him.
1: <laughs> the age old question. Do the I want age to be them or be with them? Some might
0: say like the bisexual paradox or like, I guess that's more of a gender thing. But you know what I mean? It's, that's how I felt about Dimitri and Anastasia both wanted to be him and be with him wanted to be with both of them all that is to say i was pretty into harry potter i was not once we got to the like teenage years i was like look i loved harry potter but i was the kind of kid who loved harry potter in the way that like i wanted to be in it and i wanted to like be at the school i'm not the kind of kid who's like i know all the trivia about all the movies and like i mean i did i guess i did when i was (laughs) younger but like some kids like. Into adulthood, or so into Harry Potter, and to the point where it's like, okay, give it a rest. Um, right, I'm so sorry that I was shaming people, but I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I did make a Pottermore account so I could like
1: figure oh, out my no. house. I didn't realize you were this deep into the Harry. I Potter mean, universe. I feel
0: like most of my friends who like grew up liking Harry Potter made a casual Pottermore account when that came out. So you could take the like in-depth quiz. And get
1: like an actual ranking. I also love yeah. a quiz. Ranking. What? Or like, like sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really outing myself. Sorting. It's not a Potter Sorting. Fan. <laughs> I, Okay. I should also
0: say, uh, me and my friend Kristen were really into Harry Potter. We would like, we, we went to all the movie, like premiere. Uh, we were kids. So we didn't really go to the midnight. But <laughs> and when, um, when the later ones came out, we went to the midnight showings. Um, and we were just really into it in like an adorable way. And at recess we would play Harry Potter sometimes and like we would each be one of the kids and I was Ron and like our friend Erica was Harry and Kristen was Hermione and Claire who didn't read the books was Jenny because we, she didn't know what to do. So we we're like, just follow us around. Um, and then we would all like be a teacher as well. And so I thought it was really clever because I was Ron and I was like, Oh, I'll go, I'll go throw up slugs. And then I would come back and I'd be like, mm, I'm Snape <laughs> and <laughs> teaching. This is a show. I <laughs> <of easily. laughs> so RIP. Um, yes. I was really into it in the way that I was like, when I'm 11, I hope I get a letter. Right. It
1: was more, you were, this was your escape.
0: This was in my yeah, magical yeah. fantasy um you know we had a, the computer game those computer games were so janky no
1: wait are you talking about <laughs> i played the computer games and i also played like the ps2 games yeah, and yeah. you ever had that one you can uh-huh. like fly your wand through like the forbidden forest like that was
0: <laughs> i love
1: hearing you talk about harry potter it's i had no idea it was gonna be this <laughs> i'm really uneducated about most of the harry potter universe What house are you in? I'm a Hufflepuff. That's one thing I do know. I am a Hufflepuff through and through. I think I'm a Hufflepuff as well. I thought I was a Ravenclaw when I was a kid. Everyone thinks they are because it's a smart group. and then It's smart and it's like, yeah. And then then you grow up and you're like... It's not as annoying as Gryffindor. (laughs) Right. Also, I know I'm not brave. Yeah, I'm not brave. And I know, I feel like as you get older, you start to embrace yourself more and like your real... Characteristics, and that's why a lot of people later in life identify as Hufflepuff, even though uh-huh. maybe originally they wanted to be one of the cooler okay. houses. We know we're kind of basic. Yeah. Like, I, I listen okay. to Taylor Swift. And so do I. <laughs> you know, it's like so, I'll embrace it. And it's your fault. It's my fault. And I take full responsibility. Yeah. But we're, I got to a check to the concert. So, like, the Hufflepuffs are
0: wearing Uggs to the Quidditch match. <laughs>
1: They are bringing peppermint mocha, <laughs> they cold are foam Starbucks drinks, <laughs> peppermint mocha butter beer, peppermint mocha butter beer. Yeah, <laughs> this is seasonal.
0: Yeah. Um, they- <laughs>
1: basically, they're
0: transfiguring their goblets into the bedazzled like Starbucks cups tumblers.
1: Okay, <laughs> the, the, holiday- <laughs> the, the Starbucks holiday cup that's just red. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out <laughs> of all the things they could have chosen. They're like, that's the one.
0: Ah, happy Christmas. Um, I will try not to make this just like a <laughs> Harry Potter reminiscing. Um, I'll make sure of it. <laughs> so, okay, just to, just to kind of recap quickly what you will learn in the memoir. He started acting as a kid. He didn't really care, but he was like, sure, seems fun. And... He was in The Borrowers, which I didn't know. I was like, oh, fun. And then he was in And in The King, which is uh, The King and I, Mm -hmm. without music, I think. (laughs) And then he was in Harry Potter. And he, I would say that was one of the most fun parts of the book, was listening to him describe, like, the process of auditioning for Harry Potter (gasps) and stuff like that. But he started filming movies when I think he was, like, 13, and... It was like his whole childhood as it was for most of these kids.
1: Yeah, but one thing that I thought was really interesting that he focuses on in the book quite a bit is he talks about, even though he was one of these big parts in, I mean, in the book and in the movie, he wasn't one of the main leads. And so one thing he talks about as he sort of weaves his stories about Harry Potter through the book is he talks about how his life was pretty normal compared to some of the other, you know, like Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, uh, because he would go and do his little shoots for Harry Potter and then he would go back to school while the other kids sort of were more actively pulled into that world. Um, And so it sort of affected... Well, we found out at the end that maybe that's not true, but it affected his life maybe not as harshly as the other three. Yeah, that was pretty
0: fascinating to me that I guess I just kind of assumed they would have all been just like fully schooled on set. Because I mean, but I guess when you think about it, like his character is when you put like add up all the time. Probably yeah. not in it quite as much, or not in it all that much. But well, I mean, And at first I was like, oh, I mean, it's like kind of an ancillary character to be writing a memoir. But I'm like, no, they, he is the most main kid besides well, so the core three. Th- and
1: I was wondering if the, I, as I was reading what he was saying about this, I was like, I feel like I don't remember him being... A side character but that might just be because my group of friends were the kind that would like ship him and a lot of characters (laughs) in the book yeah i feel like we need to get into like yeah that character really did have like a
0: following especially in like the tumblr days i feel like people got really into also i don't know if you're familiar with my immortal no. Oh, my God. An infamous <laughs> fan fiction. Not the song? That's what the title is based on. Okay. This is a fan fiction that is like Harry Potter, but also vampires and my chemical romance.
1: What? This was real?
0: Yeah, the main character's name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway. Are they
1: supposed to be Harry Potter characters? Like, some of them are. But they're in a band? No, they just really like it they, really chem- <laughs> they love MCR.: Okay, so they, it lives in the same universe as my chemical Romance. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh-huh What a choice. It has to be
0: read to be believed.: We should have brought a sample. I Passage. wish I would have planned ahead. but yeah, he definitely had like a following. People are really into. It. I remember people being into Tom Felton, yes, the person, and he had like music, which even at the time, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs>
1: It's kind of like when you find out Robert Pattinson, Pattinson oh, yeah. from Twilight, like it has a yeah. weird indie music career. So
0: many people do. Michael Sarah, I guess. What? Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. What <laughs> genre does he do? I don't know. Like little twee indie
1: songs. The twee indie <laughs>
0: I mean, good for him doing music. I support,
1: you know. It makes him happy. But I guess it makes sense because if you're like a creative with a talent in one area, then like your brain is probably wired to be creative all around.
0: Which I guess I I might as well dive into this question now, which is, I mean, even though he he did get to go to regular school a lot of the time, like leaving a franchise that he was in for his whole childhood base or his whole like teen to adulthood, I like... What do you do after that? It's like Mershka Hargitay if she were to ever leave Law and like, Order SVU. Yeah. Like, it's your whole life. It's your whole career. You will forever be associated with that. What... Is there any right move to do after that? Like, do you embrace the connection of the franchise and, like, Tom Felton ultimately has, like, show up to all the, like, ribbon cuttings for the theme parks and, like, write memoirs and stuff? Or do you just try to, like, completely forge a new path?
1: I feel like in some ways it's almost a similar experience as uh, sort of Disney kids. So, Mm -hmm. like, the Selena Gomez's of the world that are so connected to shows like Wizards of Waverly Place. And then they try to break away from that image. And it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people have made it out of there. Uh, But I feel like, I feel like there are ways to do it. And the best example I could probably give you, I would think, and you can disagree with me, would be Daniel Radcliffe. Because he, Mm -hmm. even though he had this, you know, huge role as Harry Potter, what he has chosen to do with his career now is choose the wackiest projects Mm -hmm. that he can possibly find and take them on and just be this character actor, sort of like a Johnny Depp um, and make that his brand. And I think that has really helped him get away from just being associated with Harry yeah. Potter. Uh, and so I think it can be done because I see Daniel Radcliffe now. And obviously I think Harry Potter, but I remember I know all of the other things he's yeah. doing. That kind of is the way, but it's like you ha- so many things had to line up for that to
0: actually work out for a child actor. Like right. you have to not be fucked up by childhood stardom, which is impossible and i mean especially like this was a, the biggest franchise in the yeah. world maybe aside from like lord of the rings and childhood stardom of any kind is fucked up and so to come out of it
1: like and be able to have a regular life i don't know how you do it but well i yeah. also and i i don't want to make this a gender thing but i do think gender plays into a lot of the questions that we ask in this podcast and in life um but if you compare sort of the experiences of you know, Daniel Radcliffe, for example, to like Emma Watson when she sort of went out into the world. And I might know more about this because I am from New England and she went mm-hmm. to Brown. And so I heard a lot of stories. I went to school near Brown. And so we would hear a lot of stories I just about. I
0: realized I briefly dated that guy who went to Brown. I never asked him about Emma You should have asked because she was there around yeah, that's the time right. that we
1: were in school. Yeah. Um, but, like, there were stories of her being in her Brown classes and people would, like, kind of whisper around her, like, five points to Gryffindor, Ugh, like, whenever she yeah. would answer a question in class. I'm um, like, that was pretty, I remember at the time it was
0: pretty, like, I mean, it's pretty rare for, like, a child star, especially one that is still acting like, like Emma Watson was, like, to go to college yeah. and to go to an Ivy League.
1: Like, such a public institution yeah. that
0: is well known. Like, oh, that must have been so shitty.
1: Yeah, so I think they had varying degrees of success with coming out of the Harry Potter universe mm-hmm. with careers that yeah. they could build. To answer I your thought question. that was
0: really interesting when he talked about you know his first, his kind of first roles after Harry Potter because I don't think I really thought about like how those would come about you know when they were eighteen nineteen and like leaving the franchise. Like I remember when he was in Planet of the Apes and I was like, oh okay. But he talked about how that was just offered to him and no one checked if he could do an American accent. Yeah. that was so funny and. And I never saw the movie. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> but and then it, pretty much after that, it like dried up. And I was like, wow, that's so true that like
1: people try to jump on the shiny opportunity. And yeah. they're like, oh, these fra- these actors are fresh off the biggest franchise. Like we'll get eyeballs if we yeah. hire them.
0: And then at the like on the same token, like people are like, oh, the, he is Draco Malfoy. I'm not going to cast him in anything because right. people will always see him as
1: that. So it's like, right. We can cast you in a certain type of movie, but we can't go too serious. Yeah. Because people aren't going to take you seriously as an actor.
0: So you're just kind of like used for this like jillion million dollar franchise and then just kind of thrown away. And even if you have money, it's like, what do you do with the rest
1: of your life? Yeah. Well, and I think that's what a lot of these actors struggle with and what Tom definitely struggles with towards the end of the book, which we can talk about. I feel like the majority of this book was set up, like you said, kind of like anecdotes about every every chapter was dedicated to a new character or a new person, like that he does a chapter on Chris Columbus, which was the director. Um, but she does a funny... A little accent for chris
0: columbus whenever he does it in the audiobook because it's just american accent it feels it's very
1: funny it's good it's just every time chris columbus talks he's like awesome you know (laughs) i do have a fun trivia fact about chris columbus i'm gonna mess up the year because i'm bad with american history but his production company that he have has named that he owns is called i think uh, 1776 productions Mm -hmm. um or whatever the year that america was founded because it's a pun on his name
0: fourteen ninety two, is it earlier than so Columbus sailed the ocean blue? Fifteen ninety two. You probably. Are I don't right. know. It doesn't. We don't
1: care about Columbus because he was a bad man. This is not a history podcast. Yeah. Um. That I've always thought that was funny because I never mm-hmm. really made the connection that he was the director until I started reading these books and I was like, oh wait, I know him. Until you started reading Tom Felton's books, yeah. You knew Chris Columbus, but not from Harry Potter. <laughs> no, I, I remember doing research for like a project at work, and I was like, oh, Chris Columbus, oh. what a funny name. And then I saw his production so company name, and I was like, that's funny. And we really were had a different experience with Harry Potter. <laughs> we led different things. I lives. used to be a Chris Columbus,
0: you know, apologist, in that I was like, one and two, best movies, most, most faithful. Now I really like the third one. Alfonso Prisoner Caparon. of Azkaban? Uh huh.
1: That one's, I think, the most fun.
0: I was mad at the time because they were street clothes, and I was like, Where are the cloaks?
1: <laughs> what are these muggle clothes <laughs> yeah. doing in here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways uh, my to give sort of an initial reaction about the book for me and then we can jump mm-hmm. into your thoughts yeah I guess we should have started with that but <laughs> <laughs> I was like well let's circle back um, f- fun fact about me I guess is I memoirs are my favorite genre I think they're super interesting I, I love memoirs too reality I think is stranger than fiction and so mm-hmm. it's like a really interesting area to explore also I love comparing the way different people write memoirs and like yeah. a, a good memoir is so distinct from
0: a, an okay or a bad right. memoir right
1: like you can hear the the voice mm-hmm. of the writer if they they do a good job with it mm-hmm. um which I feel like I could hear Tom Felton narrating this in my head like if I listened I to the audiobook it been, it. yeah like <laughs> yeah you literally <laughs> heard it so this as far as memoirs go I was I was excited to read it because so like, oh, it's my favorite area and I wasn't I wouldn't say it's the best memoir I've ever mm-hmm. read by any means it felt a bit like Tom Felton was given a homework assignment to write mm-hmm. a bunch of journal entries about people he loved and that was, like, yeah, 80% percent of the book. was <laughs> like, what can I remember? Like, some of the stories are like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. He was like, let me talk yeah. about Daniel. And then it was just, like, happy yeah. stories about Daniel Wadley. It's was
0: like, uh, here's one time we all accidentally stepped on Snape's cloak. And you're like, that's not pretty, that's not that crazy or, like, illuminating, <laughs> but, like, cute story. It was very wholesome. The wholesome, wh- yeah. 80% of the book was very wholesome. But, yeah, I think I was on the same page where I was like, yeah. this was a fun read, especially, like, it did make me... Because I think I put my, like, Harry Potter fandom in a box sometimes. And I'm like, <laughs> that's in the past. Um, but I was like, oh, these movies were really, like, special to me. And it is really fun to revisit that. And it, it kind of, I felt like I kept coming back to thinking that it felt like a candy memoir to yes. me. Where it was just, like, yeah, a yeah. fun, fun one. Not a particular, not like, wow, this person should really be a writer, like, in their own right. <laughs> right. Um, not that it's bad. It's just, like... I think that's what, like, at a base level, most celebrity memoirs are. is just like, oh, it's fun. I'm reading about someone I know.
1: Right. Like, I had a crazy yeah. life.
0: Let me just tell yeah. you about it. And then you uh, have, like, the Jeanette McCurdys of the world, which right. are, like, so well written. And, yeah. like, um, anyway.
1: Well, what's funny is, is this book sort of started, like, that wholesome classic celebrity memoir for truly, I would say, 80% of the book. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then it took... A one eighty degree turn in the last I think two chapters where yeah. it became more of a Jeanette McCurdy book in some <laughs> ways. Uh because he he switches from I think that's sort of the beyond the wand mm-hmm. real the real beyond the wand meat of it as he sort of talks about what happened after Harry Potter and yeah. after the final premiere and sort of what he did with his life. Um it really took a turn. It really took a turn and it, it gets very dark. And this is a spoiler alert. Um Perhaps like a trigger warning But he, he goes to rehab He has problems with alcoholism Um, He like breaks up with a long term partner And he goes through all of this like emotional mm-hmm. turmoil Um, And it took, it's a very different tone from the rest of the book And it was almost like jarring to me Because I had gotten so used to this mm-hmm. very happy Like calming yeah. thing And then like I was crying at the last oh. two chapters <laughs>
0: Yeah I thought it was, it was like Maybe the ending part like there may not have been enough distance there mm-hmm. For it to be like a really, I don't know, like full portrait of that time in his life, because it felt kind of like surface level. Maybe some of the stuff about like post Harry Potter and like and rehab and recovery, and because I, you know, that I often is a part of celebrity memoirs is yeah. like substance abuse issues, um, and I kind of almost would have liked like. A separate book of one being like here's all the like childhood stuff, and then one is like here's what it's like
1: to I'm um, ending
0: Harry Potter. This has been my whole life. Yeah. Like
1: I almost right like or have it be more balanced, right? Yeah. Like half there's two chapters mm-hmm. to the book or two sections to the book. The first half is the childhood, mm-hmm. and the second half is the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Because I thought that was that was the best part of the book for me. Right. I think because it felt like the most honest. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just so different. I mean, I felt like I was being. I was on a roller coaster and I was being like Mm -hmm. thrown left and right in different directions. But yeah, it was really sad.
0: I know. Alcoholism is is such a fucking terrible disease. It was kind of interesting. It wasn't like it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to Barney's Beanery a lot, which was funny to have that. I was like, <laughs> he was just hanging out at Barney's Beanery. If you're in LA, you are probably familiar with this. Like, it's like a sports bar, kind of Boston. Oh yeah, with like themed. Christmas lights hung everywhere. And there's one in Burbank, but I guess he
1: was at the one in Santa Monica or what? Where, where is it? Yeah, I think it was in Santa Monica. West Hollywood. It was, it was, no, it was West Hollywood. Hollywood. But the way he talks about it, he talks about it like it's this holy place. He's like, like sir, he, I think he gets in a taxi at one point and he's like, take me. To the best place in the world Barney's beer
0: <laughs> it's like not really a hole in the wall it's kind of this, I don't know would you say it's a tourist trap I guess it's, it's a tourist like, trap you go there to watch like sports games and I think yeah the tables are like sticky. Boston teams I think but and it was first I was like it, so it all kind of all of a sudden he's like you're kind of talking about like post Harry Potter it like feels very bleak so you're like what do you do with your life from here on and then all of a sudden it's like, he's spending a lot of time at Bernie's. Is he trying <laughs> to tell us that he had a drinking problem? And then all of a sudden there's a an,
1: an intervention. An intervention. Yeah. And it was kind of like, whoa, wait, whoa, how did we get here? And I was like, oh wait, he maybe does have a
0: problem. Yeah, yeah. It kind
1: of like <laughs> sneaks up on you. Yeah. yeah. And well when I just I find it we and we can move off this point. It was truly just the most interesting part of the mm-hmm. book for me, just because you read the first 80% of the book and you're like, this was clearly given like the censor treatment because they mm-hmm. were like, we want the Harry Potter fans to be able to read this book and like children to read this. And I just wonder if Tom like advocated to put these last two chapters in and he's like, no, please, guys, please. This is really important wonder, to Yeah, it was really. Because it felt so different. Interesting. And then the whole story of him like. He, like, ran away
0: from rehab, basically, and was, like, lost in the Santa Monica Mountains, which are very dangerous. People die in the Santa Monica Mountains all the time. (laughs) And also there are cougars. Yep. And, um... Coyotes. Yeah. And... And he's, like, by the kindness of strangers, like, three strange men, like, helped him out. And, like,
1: what a oh,
0: weird, how did we never hear about this like, well,
1: okay. movie star lost <laughs> in the Santa Monica Mountains for a night? One of us could have found Tom Felton just wandering the streets.
0: Except I never go to the west side, but.
1: <laughs> we don't go to <laughs> But But, no, it's true. And also, yeah. I mean, maybe this is offensive, but the story that he told about that with. There's a story he tells where he like runs away from rehab and he runs into like a convenience man Mm -hmm. worker who tells him something like Tom is like, oh, are you rich? And the man says something like, oh, I'm a rich man because I have kids and a wife Mm -hmm. and a life that I love. And I was like this feels like a fake story. This, this <laughs> feels bit, like yeah. something he wrote in a screenplay that he didn't sell. And he was like, I want to put it in my you book. Know, yeah, I wonder what fake. exactly how I want to know the like real story. of what happened. I, I want to like find this convenience man. How did
0: we never hear about like Tom Felton missing for a night? He must have good PR, PR? Want people. I want his agents. I don't remember <laughs> hearing about him going to rehab, which I'm like, maybe it was out at the time, but if it was able to be private i'm like
1: happy for him in that regard i will say i mean i know people who have gone to the rehabs in malibu mm-hmm. um and they have very strict policies about like giving your personal information and mm-hmm. the media and like and they truly are like hidden away in the mountains like you have to drive up to places you didn't even know existed in Malibu to find mm-hmm. these, these buildings. God, I have had been tricked into, <laughs> like, I've gone to, like, Malibu
0: for a bachelorette weekend, and the house was, like, an hour up into a mountain. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why would anyone live here? Well, that's why celebrities live there. It makes I, sense. I, d- I d- want to walk I to would- a coffee shop. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm not famous. Otherwise, <laughs> I would be famous. <laughs>
1: The only thing stopping that's me the from only. being famous is
0: I'd like to be able to walk.
1: People to People have been shop. like Maddie, I want to make you famous, and you're like, I need to I walk to my coffee live shops. In the hills, I'm sorry. There's, I need to be near Starbucks. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. One other highlight that I wanted to bring up. I know you have discussion questions, so I can let you keep. They're going with not those. that good. Don't worry. Great. I also wanted to bring up just uh, a highlight for me, which is that I have a dog also named Willow. Um, that's right. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> which he mentions the dog that like saved his life in his yeah. rehab years. it was like this little lab named Willow. And I was like, that's my dog. I think Willow's still alive. She is. Yeah. Yeah. He like lives in London now and he like walks his little yeah. dog every morning and he's happy. Which for, I think you know.
0: I'm happy for him. He also uses his dog as
1: an excuse when people ask him about
0: J.K. Rowling, which I'm like, he shouldn't. This poor man should not have to answer for J.K. Relling's um, transphobic comments and whole books um, but it, it, I have a quote here from him when they uh, I can. I guess I'll kind of get into this yeah. too um, he mentions Joe a couple times where he's like she created such an amazing world um, like she wrote me a nice letter one time sounds like he didn't really like have a lot of interactions with her but he like admired her and I was like huh that's interesting such a positive kind of portrayal of her at a time when like other cast members are like speaking out or not in Helena Bonham Carter's case. Um, and he has been asked about it in like every interview, which is like unfortunate, um, that it has come to that. But he seems like he, most of the time he's like, I don't really know exactly what she said. And then he says, my dog takes up too much of my time. And he says my dog and my family a lot. Um, and he's basically like, I'm pro love, and I and I don't really have time to to engage with this kind of thing, um, which is an interesting take. I'm like, I, it's it, it's very neutral. It's not as like strong of a stance as like Daniel Radcliffe has
1: taken. That's like I do not condone any transphobic comments. But yeah, I feel like it makes me a little nervous because it just reminds me of the guys on Tinder that will list their their <laughs> yes. political views as like moderate or like oh God, don't yeah. follow politics. That. Is We know what that answer is. Yeah, whenever I see an other on
0: Hinge, I'm like, you could either be a socialist or you could be a Republican. I don't know. <laughs>
1: right. So that's what that feels like. The neutrality yeah. is sus to me.
0: Yeah, it's a little... I feel like his, in a way, his livelihood is more tied to the franchise than maybe like a Daniel Radcliffe who has like yeah. an acting career now independent of it. Like he... He is the one who's, like, probably getting paid, like, a good amount to go to, like, the ribbon-cutting ceremonies at, like, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal, you know, Um, where it's, like, a big enough star to draw people, but, like, not so big that it's, like, you have to pay them Daniel Radcliffe money, but. Right. And, you know, the memoir, like, it's also tied to the franchise, like, the success of the memoir, so I don't think that's, like, an excuse for not Speaking out against her comments, but it's it's just like an interesting,
1: complicated thing. yeah yeah, well, I, but I do. I also wonder, again, if that was a, a sort of a stylistic choice from the publishers. like mm-hmm. if they were like, we really don't want to offend anyone. we want this book to be super commercial. So like don't mention anything yeah. that could be you know, a hot button issue, like we're going to keep it nice and light. Yeah, they might have been like we want this book to sell so don't alienate the harry potter yeah. fandom right like yeah. by like talking about politics like and so i can see that um and it's it's a bummer yeah. but uh, that was something that was going through my head yeah well yeah it is a bummer that like defending human rights is a political issue I know. <laughs> but such is the way i did write down in my notes um hate when he casually calls jk Rowling joe yeah. J- Vill- villains don't deserve nicknames Mm-mm. so that is that point. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also had a question about... And we've already mentioned a couple of them. But did you have any favorite anecdotes from the book? Considering it was all... I'm trying to remember. I like... I mean, I liked the
0: kind of story... I, like I said, I like the story about him auditioning. About how he, like, didn't really know the books. And, like, didn't really care. And was, like, kind of rude. And that is kind <laughs> of how he got the part. Um, and... And I liked the like you know anecdotes about like interactions with like Michael Gambon and like um, Richard Harris and stuff. And it, yeah, after a while, there is kind of like okay, another another person and another person, another person. One thing I thought was really interesting was the carp thing, the fishing. He's so into oh, yeah, fishing. Oh he loves fishing. He loves fishing. Daniel Radcliffe had a a picture of Cameron Diaz on his little <laughs> tennis ball. He was falling around the Quidditch green screen. And he had a picture of a carp.
1: And he's like, <laughs> his family's like really good at carp fishing. Yeah. Well, then he, he went with his brothers a lot. So he talks yeah. about a lot of his family members in this book because he's got, is it three older brothers? Mm-hmm. Um, Or he maybe he's in the middle. I think um, he's the youngest. He's the youngest? Because he's a maggot. Yes. So he has these three older brothers. And one thing that he does to bond with them a lot is they go like fishing in this little lake. Um, And so he talks about that. Like every other chapter yeah. he like, talks about his fishing. And, <laughs> and they talked about how, he talked about how sometimes
0: they would like, Leave filming, go fish all night, and then come back to filming and be like, "Yeah, I did. I did take him home to sleep as is legally required." For sure. Yeah. Just like how it is so easy to, even when children are being taken care of on set, it's
1: so <laughs> easy to exploit a child actor. Yes. Well, and I, the extra sad part was I think that person he was talking about was his brother oh yeah his, his brother at one point every every like kid of a certain age gets like a chaperone when mm-hmm. they're on set that has to help make sure they're doing their school hours mm-hmm. and you know being where they need to be and, and whatever and they rotate I think their chaperones are like you have different chaperones based on the rules of your managers or I don't know so his chaperone for a while was one of his older oh, brothers, right. and he was crap at it because he was yeah. like an older brother and, like, didn't really understand the I movie mean, business. I mean, Tom loved it. Tom loved it, but for that reason, because the brother would be like, hey, you want to go fishing for 10 hours? Yeah. And then, like, the next morning, he'd fall asleep in the middle yeah. of the scene. Um, so the director didn't love that. <laughs> but they didn't love a lot of things that Tom did. Yeah. That was one of my favorite tidbits from the book. Yeah, what was your favorite anecdote? I had a couple books. But- my favorite anecdote category was just the Slytherin boys doing dumb things and ruining it for mm-hmm. the rest of the cast. Yeah, because there were a couple of stories. One of like the most prominent stories is there's a, a story where I'm just gonna I'm gonna call him Draco and Tom interchangeably throughout this podcast. But Tom was waiting on platform nine and three quarters in the middle of a scene. They were like waiting to shoot the next scene, and he's playing around with like some of the other cast members. And at one point, he like sees somebody had a cup of hot chocolate on the ground and he thought it was empty and he thought it would be funny to go over and stomp on it and like crush it but it wasn't empty and the hot chocolate like squirted over everyone and splashed everyone oh on God, set yeah. and they banned hot chocolate from the set after <laughs> <to laughs> that point miss, like, details so um, funny and it was like stories like that over and over and over again where like he and a friend like a slytherin friend would do something and then they would get something banned like he was being a little shit he like fed yeah he another story was like he fed some of the like they had like energy drinks or coffee or something in the crafty room and he would feed these these snacks to like the younger kids on set and they would be like sugar high <laughs> for like hours and so they ended up taking away the the snacks on set because <laughs> of Tom Felton and like put out like fruit and he Can was you, like
0: it is pretty crazy to imagine filming seven well i guess there's eight is there eight movies is that right because they did the the, the double the final one, one. In, in two parts yeah like eight movies that are like made up of, I mean, there's a lot of adult actors and, and, and famous British actors in it, but just so many child actors for so long
1: yeah. that they had to deal with. Like it's, like, hell. like, it's so hard to deal with child actors. Like, I don't think I could do it. Props to Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only less than two. Oh, who two is. Films. Well, who was the director for The Rest? I don't think he really talked about the other guy. He he kind of mentions um, It, it was Chris Columbus for two, Alfonso, Alfonso oh, Coro. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I forget uh, the rest. rest, <laughs> <laughs> the rest <of> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's kind of interesting because he dedicates a whole chapter to Chris Columbus. Yeah,
0: he's definitely like set the tone. I think he like... I don't know if that was like I don't know why he decided not to come
1: back, but he definitely like set it up. Like right. he was like set up the franchise. He was like the showrunner for Harry Potter. Yeah. He like yeah. defines what the mm-hmm. the thing is, the brand. Yeah. Um It could have been I think they did a pretty incredible job adapting
0: this series. I mean yeah. like when you think about it, it's like could have been shit.
1: Well, you took a bunch of child I mean, truly children that yeah. Many of which hadn't really acted a lot before, and you made them stars. Yeah. Like, and you made them these iconic characters
0: mm-hmm.
1: that even, and I think Tom even mentions this like, a lot of the fans out in the world can't even mm-hmm. separate the character from the actor. Like, that is how so connected they are. Like, that. he had a woman come up to him and be like, How dare you do those mean things to that nice boy, Harry? And he was like, <laughs> What? sorry <laughs> i could not believe that yeah and even
0: he has like a stalker kind of by default because like he was easier to access than the other
1: kids like what but That's i so crazy. that story about his stalker he he talks about this was it it was like an older woman or mm-hmm. something that keeps showing up to every single event he goes to my thought on that is he was being way too nice to her because at one point mm-hmm. she comes up to him and she's like i'm so sorry to hear about the passing of your dog timber and I was like if anyone you know. knew the name of my dog when I hadn't made it public and came up to me and said that I would get them booted out I of that. he was a child. Uh, I think it when Timber died, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he was all like all 17 that. at that point. I was like, "No, that is old enough to be like you are creepy, please leave me alone." Yeah.
0: <laughs> what did you think of
1: the Emma Watson Pining? Um yeah, that is interesting. Uh so the the book for context, opens with an introduction by Emma Watson in which I think I didn't write down the exact quote, but she basically says at one point, everyone said that, you know, Tom and I had a thing, um, but I love Tom deeper than anyone I've ever loved. And then she sort of moves on. Uh, So, it's unclear to me how I feel about that relationship. I never... I was never yeah, somebody that, like, shipped them.
0: goes both ways. I mean, like, it's been, like... They did, like, a reunion thing a couple of years ago, and that was, like, a thing there. She was like, I always had a crush on him, and he was like, oh, my God, me too. Um, and he talks a lot about how, like, they had maybe crushes on each other at different times in yeah. their life, and they had a really deep friendship, but, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm not, maybe I'm of the Harry... of when Harry met Sally school of... I don't know if that <laughs> kind of relationship can... Can function, but
1: it seems like there was a really sweet story when he was like, what did she... she I have the was quote. Like, yeah, the duck. The duck, thing. the duck quote. So there's in the chapter, he also dedicates a chapter to Hermione and Emma Watson and sort of their relationship. Um, and he just, he talks about how much she means to him as a friend and the moment that he realized that she was this important person in his life. Uh, and just keep in mind, Emma Watson has like spoken at the UN. She went to Brown. <laughs> She's a very articulate person. But this is the quote that Tom Felton used to describe this huge moment in his life and his relationship with Emma. This is a story she told. She goes, I've always known I was a duck, but I've spent my whole life being told I was a chicken. Every time I try to say quack, the world tells me that I have to say cluck. I even started believing that I was a chicken and not a duck. Then we started hanging out and I found someone else who quacked. And that's when I thought, to hell with them. I really am a duck. Do you think she actually said that? <laughs> I think she has. She had to. Yeah. Unless, like, Tom Felton is purposefully trying to slander her.
0: I feel like they were <laughs> like, high, and she was like,
1: you know... <laughs> like, she's like, don't write this, this down. down. And, and you're like a duck, too. <laughs> right. And she doesn't remember this moment, and he's like, yeah. this is the most impactful moment of my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, at least uh, it seems like... So I read an interview where someone was like, do you run all these chapters by these people? And you wrote about them? And he was like, kind of. Seems like she was maybe aware of it. But I would definitely feel a little bit uncomfortable if I was like, oh, that's so sweet. You wrote about, like, oh, we had little crushes on each other as a kid. And then I would read this and I'd be like, oh, he's in love with me. Yeah.
1: I mean, the way that he talks about her is so yeah. reverential. Yeah. So that's and part of like- me is like... Oh, maybe they will get together. But I'm like, no, now I'm part of the problem. Well, see, okay, so my my feeling on it, I don't know if you are a big Friends person or if you watched the Friends reunion mm-hmm. that happened maybe last year, but they had a segment where they talked to, to Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer, Ross and Rachel, and they have a very similar conversation mm-hmm. where Ross and Rachel kind of have this like flirty, cute little back and forth thing where they're like, oh, I had a crush on you during Friends. Oh, I had a crush on you too, but we had crushes on each other at different times. Which makes me think maybe... There's a bit of a PR spin to it mm-hmm. um, where they try to play that up even more to get the fans mm-hmm. that are obsessed with them more invested. I don't know. also seems like maybe
0: at this point in their life, they're like very different people. Yeah. Or it's like maybe they are like soulmates in a way, but it's like she's this like very fancy, posh, smart girl and he's right. like... You know, I love to skateboard. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
1: they are their characters in some ways. In she's, some ways. Yeah, she's yeah. the the Gryffindor that's like yeah. a goody two-shoes, and he's still kind of a, a little bad boy. A little bad boy. I have a
0: question for you. Okay. Um, I think I know the answer to this. Okay. Because for me, as like... My I was like a kid who was like I secretly want to be an actor but I'm too shy to ever tell anyone and so I was jealous of him being like I didn't even really read the books uh, but I was like sure I'll do this because I was like what? What? who do I have to fuck to get into these Harry Potter movies at 11 years old and I was like there has to be a way I will kiss anyone I will kiss anyone on the dang lips and um, so I felt jealous did you how do you feel? Can you clarify what the question is? Do you feel jealous that he got to
1: be in this <laughs> movie? <laughs> okay. So do I feel jealous that yeah. he kisses on the lips? Um, no, because I, I was thinking about that. I, I actually had a very similar question that was like, has this book convinced you one way or another that you do or don't want to be famous? Um, and my, what I've landed on is that there's a level of fame that I would be okay with. And I will mm-hmm. tell you exactly what it is. Being an author, I think, would be the perfect level of fame because mm-hmm. out in the world, people don't recognize you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, there's a lot of authors that I love whose faces I would never recognize. It's not like I look at the pictures mm-hmm. in the back of the books for more than two seconds. Um, but if you schedule an event, like an author event, and people like buy tickets and they show up and you walk on stage, everyone cheers mm-hmm. for you because they know exactly who you are, and it's like a very specific set period of time that you get to be famous and then when you leave the stage it's like you're no longer famous like it's like the perfect amount there's less of a like parasocial relationship with your yeah
0: fans it's like that mindy kaling has kind of a semi-famous like quote from one of her bandwaters where she's like the perfect level of fame i'm probably gonna botch this but perfect level of fame is to be like maybe recognized when you go out to a restaurant but not photographed or something like that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, someone will recognize your name but, like, not recognize you and yeah. you. <laughs> right, like, not enough yeah.
1: people want autographs. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: it truly, I'm, like, I don't think there's any... It just seems very, very hard to maintain a sense of sanity, like... Yeah. And, and just, like, the pressure of, like, even if you yourself are, like, oh, I'm going to give this up and, like... Go be a teacher. You can't go and be a teacher. No. Like, that simply can't happen.
1: Like, right. Like, Daniel Radcliffe couldn't, like, quit acting right. and go teach, like, seventh grade math. That stresses me out.
0: Yeah. Because well, I'm, like, at least worst case scenario, if my, you know, if I lose my job or, like, fail at whatever industry I'm doing, I could, like, do a different thing. You can pivot, right. Hopefully. I uh, don't know. You'll have but, many skills.
1: You can find. <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's, like, but if you are famous, like, you part of it is just like the extreme pressure that you put on yourself and like other people put on you to be like wait what the heck you're not acting anymore you must suck at it or right. Like, but also you're just too famous to do anything else
1: yeah well cause I feel like I feel that way and I think I've I've fallen victim to this often too like When I watch an old movie and I like a movie from like the '80s or something, and I'm like, "What happened to these actors?" Mm -hmm. And if I find out that those actors didn't do anything after the movie, I immediately get a little judgy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh, why is it like because you sucked or like you just like Mm -hmm. didn't like doing acting anymore? Like, why would you?" And I get real weird about it. Seems really hard, and I
0: think even to like a tiny extent, like in the entertainment industry that we are in, there's like a weird. If like, oh, if I decide to leave the industry, it's like I'm giving up and everyone's going to think I've yeah. achieved my dreams. When it's like, no, you simply just didn't really like this job and you want to do something else. Yeah. People do it all the time. People do it at the time. But- it's
1: fun. <laughs> <laughs> so great. A question. <laughs> Answer.
0: Would you trust a random man named Greg with your recovery? <laughs> Not this Greg. <laughs> okay. Uh- there, this Greg got like a a little blip in the book and it was i found it so strange (laughs) he was just like i met this guy named greg on the beach and he loved to chase seagulls and he's and and he was a a student of life and he helped and i moved in with him when i was like
1: (laughs) after rehab and i was like who is this man well (laughs) should he be trusted with tom Felton? well especially when he goes into further descriptions of greg because Greg is the the epitome of the the person that you would find on Venice Boulevard. Yeah. Like he's got, like, think of, like, the raggedy clothes, like, the long beard. Maybe like, white man dreads. I don't think that was dreads. in the description, but he has that vibe. The same energy, same font. Uh, yeah. Like, this, the reeking of weed, like, and just philosophical about the world. That's Greg. And so Greg became, like, his best friend in his, like, post-Harry Potter years. And he, like, lived with him for a couple months. Um, and the weird thing you would do, and it leads to one of my questions. um one thing that they did that Greg did that inspired Tom to do it, is he would get up in the morning and he would run into the ocean, oh yeah, that's what Venice, it was, and he called it a reset, and it almost felt like um like a weird I'm forgetting the word for it but like a weird like an old story that you tell someone that has a lesson what is that called pa- like a parable or like, like a parable a- <laughs> it almost felt like the parable of the the guy that rolls the boulder up the hill because it's like sisyphus the- <laughs> that one because <laughs> he talks about the story of Greg and he's like yeah and you know Greg taught me this thing and the first like few weeks it I didn't really believe Greg and it was really hard for me to get into the ocean but then like when I started getting into it, I realized that it was such a reset and like, it really changed my life and I embraced the ocean. Sure. I was like, yeah, sure.
0: I like, it's just so interesting. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad that this like actor boy found a regular friend, but Tom, it maybe yeah. just seems like, although Tom is the one with the house. Yeah. And not Tom, sorry. Greg okay. is the one with the house. Yeah. Tom, lived at Greg's house, which, and like, maybe Greg is more of a normal guy, but the way it was written and I was like, who someone come look after Tom. He's loose <laughs> in Venice and the weirdos have got
1: him. I, I wrote a note uh, in my book where I was like, does Greg need rehab? Because Greg, Greg has, Greg sounds like a wake and bake kind of guy. <laughs> He's not like a wake and baker for sure. <laughs> um, but this leads to one of my questions, which is uh, Maddie. Yes. What is your reset? Uh, my reset is watching TikToks
0: in bed. <laughs> is it a good reset? No, but every night I will do that. And actually at this point, no, I take it back because it's become homework for me at this point because I have to look at and respond to all the TikToks that my friends have sent me and then I know I do that to them too and I feel it's a burden. Are you calling me out for all the TikToks no, you, I send you? your TikToks, I think we send each other a manageable amount of TikToks. Okay, great,
1: great, yeah. great. So yeah. it's not like 70.
0: Yeah. Here's a better reset. Here's what okay. I did on Friday night. I took an edible great. and then I did a dance workout. That sounds like a great
1: Friday night. It was what's your reset um don't yell at me uh i <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry
1: I, I my reset is um i take showers that's why would i yell at you because for that? I, because sometimes what? i will take like maybe two to three a day if i'm having a day okay that's, that's why that's, that's why fine. i was gonna yell it doesn't happen often but like truly if i'm like in if i'm like working and i like hit a roadblock we're like i'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious like i will just sometimes i take a cold shower truly Good for you. but like i heard somebody aaron sorkin does that apparently and yeah. someone made fun of him for it and i was like i'm like all for making fun of annoying men but like <laughs> i also do it i think i find that impressive i think because it's some as by whatever
0: is wrong with my brain the adhd um slash whatever else is that I have a really hard time, like, transitioning from task to task. (laughs) And so sometimes it'll be, like, uh, 10 hours before I get to shower. And and I shower every day. I'm not gross, but, like, you know, or mostly every day. Um, Maddie. (laughs) And it's pretty much every day. tried okay. today. Great. Um, <laughs> I would hope so. We're in yeah, the same closet. It's, it's It hasn't gotten too bad. Um, <laughs> but I just have a hard time, like, getting myself to be like, oh, get off the couch, to do this. Anyway, so being able to take three showers a day, I <laughs> find impressive. <a> <laughs> Uh, I have to have my little speaker in the shower. When I left my speaker at your house, I found it very distressing because <laughs> no. that's my motivation to get in the shower. Not that I I shower <laughs> Do you struggle every day? the shower. Don't yell at me, <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, now I actually want to get up off the couch and go shower because I can go listen to my little podcast in the
1: shower. <laughs> yeah, you just you need a speaker in every room to incentivize you to pretty much keep moving along. Yeah. I, I have the opposite problem where I can't stop moving, and so the shower makes me stop. Mm you know no then yeah I know we balance each other we balance basically. <laughs> yes, do. do you have any other discussion questions? those are all my really really good
0: discussion questions um <laughs> I think I let's see about oh here's something about the audio I always love to tell you a little detail about the yeah. audiobook that you missed okay. um I missed the pictures in the in the physical book but um in the audiobook he laughs too much okay they don't and cut that out kind of for, like he's He's always like, and then I stomped on it. Oh, <laughs> <All> chocolate. <laughs> it, it's like a little, <laughs> and then you a little chuckle. It's it's in there so much. I find it very spooky. I don't like it.
1: I don't <laughs> like, like a, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, well, I think it kind of makes sense because doesn't he tell a story in the book about like one of his biggest problems on set is that he would break character? Yeah, and like corpsing. On corpsing. Set. I've never heard that. Well, Britishism. Let me tell you about my my next game. game. (laughs) Game. Um, We're introducing a game for this particular podcast Uh, um, because as Maddie very conveniently just mentioned just now, Mm -hmm. um, this book was filled with Britishisms, like just little pieces of slang or words that are maybe more well known in the sort of that community Mm -hmm. um, that we, at least I didn't know how of them and so i started taking notes and writing them down and defining now, them even from when you lived in <laughs> london town with a brief three months that i lived there here's something that i did on my old podcast is to to annoy one of my
0: co-hosts. Co-hosts. co-hosts co-hosts is speak
1: in the worst cockney accent you've ever heard in your life so i think i'm gonna break that out oh, again yeah okay yep. great um i'll be the american interviewer and you can be the guest right here Okay. Name that term. Okay. I'm gonna give you the name of the term. Uh and you are going to give me what you think is the definition and I'm gonna tell you what the actual definition is. Okay. The first one is too lark. To to run around and have a fun time? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might be good at this. We'll see. I try to make them harder as you get down. Uh, so the definition is to behave in a silly way because you think it's funny. Uh, just like the little shit Tom in. <laughs> That's what he, he larks about most of mm-hmm. the book. The next one you know, because you just mentioned it. Corpsing. But I'm going to bring it up again to okay. corpse. I'd never heard that before. I never. I love it. Like, it's like an, an alternative yeah. for like, that killed me. Oh, right? I was like, how? I was like, the co- corpses don't laugh. Well, so there's, I looked it up. <laughs> there's two, there's like two definitions. There's. Okay. The one that I wrote down is, to break character during scene by laughing or causing another cast member to do so. Okay. So he would corpse a lot. Uh huh. But I think the other way that he used it is sort of like an alternative to like, oh, that killed me. Like, oh. we were totally corpsed by that. Wow. Which is so fun. So I love fun. it. So fun. So there's that one. Punters. Oh, someone who's a right old cunt.
0: <laughs> it's a fun word for a cunt. <laughs> I what? keep losing my accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a really good, though, <laughs> accent that
1: I'm doing. Did, did you say people made fun of you for this? Nobody did. Nobody did. Um, it's a derogatory term for customers or clients. Oh. So if somebody walks in the door and you don't like them, they're. This caring. was not in the book. This right? was in the book. What? they are all in the book. Oh, huh. I highlighted all of these. Okay. Uh, all right. The next one is,
0: kitted out, like suited and booted, like in your whole costume.
1: Kind of. So it's it can be more general, but it's to have everything you need. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The next one, I think this also counts as a swear word in parts of England, but I'm going to say it anyway. Bollocking um, as a noun. Fucking around. Is that your answer? Yeah. It is a severe telling off.
0: Oh, yeah. So yeah, like, like a always getting bollocked by the producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think bollocks is also like, a kind of, yeah. it's like them saying like balls. all balls. Yeah. To magic up. Did he make this one? Was, I looked this up. <laughs> I don't know, to make it seem more fun. To create something or cause something to come forth by magic or by some other unexplained means. So okay. it's kind of like saying, like, oh that came out of thin air. Okay. Like you would say like, Oh, that was magicked up. Oh. Which is kind of Why fun. Did you look at that? Yeah. All right, last but not least. To be bricking it. It means to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in your household. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I, mean, I really <laughs> it this morning. I, I had really a cup on a right old brick. <laughs> just a solid block. Mm-hmm. It means to be very scared or nervous. Oh, <laughs> like I'm shitting a brick. Like shitting bricks, yeah. Okay. So you're not totally. So gone.
0: it is to shit. <laughs> it just involves, <laughs> it involves that. I think there's something charming about my accent in the way that it's not good. <laughs> you know, We can agree to disagree. <laughs> Great. Great. Shall we? pick the next book let's just pick it because I don't have the wheel and the wheel has been leading us to um, alt right places
1: lately (laughs) I did have a thought maybe we don't have to do it this time maybe we can do it at like the top of the year pod but like I wonder if we had the same thought what's your thought should we say it at the same time okay one One, two two, three three. folks over that oh (laughs) I was going to do all time, but I also have had that thought. Yeah. To do like bestsellers of like 1989 yeah, yeah. or something, like do a throwback year. Yeah. So we're not like trapped in slud
0: memoirs of today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder mean, as much as we
1: love slud memoirs, that's. I wonder if it would be fun to do books from 1993. Yeah. The year I was we born. were born. <gasps> that's mm. a thought. We could do that. Yeah. Should we look it up? Yeah. Oh, there's a John Grisham book on there. And a Tom Clancy book on there. Bridges of Madison County show up twice. Let's read the Bridges of Madison County. I've never read it,
0: but I've heard of it. I the first, I know it because there's an episode of, well, I mean, it's also, you know, a movie and a musical, I believe. But there's an episode of Arthur where they're playing charades and someone guesses Bridges of Madison County.
1: <sighs> I guess we'll do that. Oh, Mara Streep was in the movie. Oh, Look at that. Clint Eastman. Nice. All right. That's no, what we're doing. Come on, read the Bridges in Madison County. That's our next pick. Read along if you dare. And that is this week on Best Sellers, baby. Ah! <laughs> we're going to break these glasses. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. bye.